on. Hi everybody, um, thank you very much for joining us. This is the launch um, episode one of Shaky's Cricketing Journeys. I'm that bored uh, in lockdown that I decided that I like to talk um, and it's good to put some content out there and keep people busy in times of, you know, tough times that we're all in. And who better than to get on as my first guest and somebody that probably talks even more than me. Um, so I'd like to welcome Ryan Flanagan of Kelsey to Shaky's Cricketing Journeys. Welcome, Ryan. Salam alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. How are, you How are you doing, my friend? I'm very well, mate. Thanks for having me on board. It's been a long time. Um, it's good to hear your voice. Brought, you know, already, I obviously spoke to you yesterday and bringing back some old memories of, of our cricketing days and the laughs we used to have. So, now nah, it's um, it's difficult times, isn't it, uh, at the moment for a lot of people. And uh, nah, it's always good to hear a, you know, a familiar voice. Yeah, no, definitely. I felt the same way. I hadn't spoken to you in years up until that phone call. I had a couple of, you know, you, you have a bit of interaction on social media here and there. But talking to somebody um, is totally different. Now we're face to face. I can just remember that face all those years ago, coming in, coming in with a big swagger, which you know I, I had I had a lot I had a lot of time for. I want to start first of all, but obviously we're in difficult times, mate. Um, coronavirus and the pandemic that we're going through. You know, have you just been um, you just been pretty much housebound with your with your other half? Yeah, so been very fortunate enough, mate. Like obviously, you know, working recruitment now and and recruiting the, the food industry. So the food industry is still going. You know, we need, we need to feed the nation. So I think we're lucky, and I've got a lot of my friends who are on furlough and uh, who are recruiting finance and, and different sectors. So yeah, fortunate enough, I'm still pretty much working. You know, eight till six, half six at night. But yeah, been been in with the missus and the little dog, and you know, very fortunate enough to have a, a small garden, and you know, you take that for granted. You know, I was in a flat a year ago, so um, it's it's tough, isn't it, not being able to see your your family, your loved ones as as much as you'd like to. Um, you know, I miss Bud and Dotty, um, but I try and catch up with them as much as I can. Uh, obviously, FaceTime, and I think everyone's trying to do that. So, yeah, it, it's tough, mate, but you know, we'll get through it. And um, I think the cricketing world out there. A lot of the boys are struggling. I can speak for the Grange lads. You know they want to get together and just and play some cricket. And um, you know a lot of people's livelihoods might be you know coaching and stuff like that as well. So it's it's tough, mate. But we'll, we'll get through it. No, absolutely. I mean, good to hear your situation. Um, that it, uh, I remember talking to you when it all kind of started. There was a few messages I had for you on social media, um, and you'd said that it was obviously worrying times um, for the for the business. Um, and it's good to hear that you know things are still still ticking along. I unfortunately got let go from my job, um, and uh, my employer did not furlough me. So you know, sh shit happens, as they say. Um, but you know, at this moment in time, I think it's there's so much more to life than, um, than than worrying about money and finances. I think if your if your your health is your wealth, it, it, you know, it really does apply more than ever right now. So you know. But so thankfully, I can see your missus in the background there. She hasn't killed you yet. You know, you are you're surviving. There's no there's no breakup on the cards. No, mate, we're um, we're still locked in at the moment. She's actually stuck in the um, the cupboard. I locked her away just in case she's been a bit of a pain in the arse. Recently. I likewise, mate. Likewise, um, I, I've I've locked the kitchen door. Um, my my wife and my daughter are locked away in the the, the sitting room. I'll say. I won't That's say. That was awesome, awesome to see that. Um, you know, congratulations on the. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It was a bit of a mixed emotion one because obviously I've not seen my son in quite a long period of time. Yeah. But there comes a time where you need to, you need to, you need to, you need to get on with life. And yeah. I, I thought it was a, a good time, good time to do so. No, well done. Okay, so we've uh, had all the small talk. Nice to see you. We're 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 introduced. We're familiarised with each other again. So I want to go and talk about what brought us together in life, which is obviously cricket. Mm -hmm. And what I really want to ask you is how did, how did Kelsey produce Ryan Flanagan? It's, it's a funny, funny one, actually, because, you know, I suppose the borders and, uh, you know, it doesn't produce a lot of decent cricketers. And I think my uncle, Jack Kerr, obviously, he played um, Scotland and he got 55 caps. And my dad was a, a good cricketer, a good club cricketer, played for the South. And, to be honest, Kaz, I was just I was I was I was born with a set of pads on. Do you know what I mean? I just, yeah, I didn't know. That. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that your um, your, your uncle did you say played? I, 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 I knew your dad played a little bit. 
but I didn't yeah. I didn't know so much about your uncle. So that's that's that makes that makes perfect sense then because yeah. you know and he he played for Scotland and he played, yeah, played uncle, uncle Jack who's the president for um for for cricket Scotland oh god maybe five or six years ago now. Um, it might have been actually when I was playing, so a bit longer. Um, and he was, uh, yeah, he, I think he played at Perth, sure, he played at Kelso, but they played with Andy Gorham as well. So Andy Gorham played at Kelso and played with Uncle Jack, and Uncle Jack played with, um, with Gilchrist. And, uh, so, yeah, cricket and sort of family and sport and family. And um, from a young age, I used to go to Shen Park and Kelso and watch dad, dad play and my uncle play. And, and, and just, you just got that love for it from a young age, didn't you? you know, I remember my dad, an old story actually, I was just thinking about, you know, someone said to me, Ryan, you know, you, you had, um, you, you know, you could time a ball really well. Why was that? And it was actually uh, Dougie Wilson from Kelso on Facebook the other night. And it was a, a video of uh, this guy, I don't know if you've seen it, a Pakistani guy, he's, he's, he's drilled a hole in the side of his bat and he's got, the, he's got this ball swinging around and he's mm-hmm. hitting, timing the ball. So dad, what dad uh, did for me, was he uh, drilled a hole in a cricket ball, put a bit of string on it, attached it to the, the, the top of the carport uh, at the back the back of the house, and he used to hit this ball, guys, for hours on end, just bang, bang, timing. And, and that's how I become, you know, my timing was was good, was hitting that ball. And, and it was funny, uh, Dougie Wilson mentioned, Brian, every time I came back to the pub, all I could hear was you clattering that roof, hitting away the ball. So, yeah, little memories like that as a kid and running around to Shin Park to, to see Dad play on a Saturday and, that, and that's what gets the, the buzz for it. So, yeah, it all started at Kelso for me, mate. And I suppose, um, you know, being a young lad from Kelso, uh, you know, you, you played in the South uh, District when you got, you know, to a certain age and it, it was tough because the South, were, you, you know, like one of those teams just get walked over, didn't we, all the time? Yeah, and it was a, you always had one or two good players, but never enough to really... You know, it was always contested between the, you know, the north, the west, and yeah. the and the east and the south. But always kind of the. I mean, I remember years ago playing at Petties, is where the under fifteen districts used to be, and the festival and the under thirteen used to be at Merkiston. Um, yeah. I, I scored a fair amount of runs against the south. Poor guys, man, they would go for they would go for like two seventy, two eighty, and then you drove them for about thirty or forty. So it was it was it was a long day for them. But then. That probably allowed you. I mean, I never played against you. How, how old are you now, Flans? I'm 31 at the moment, mate. So four-year difference. So I never played that either against you. But I guess that would have been that would have allowed you to kind of stand out as well. Like if you got a 50 against one of the the bigger bigger district teams, it, you know, it made you stand out that bit more than what a north three or four north guys getting a 50 in an innings. If you got a 50 for the south, people would probably notice you more that way. Yeah, I think a lot. I think you're right, and I think a lot of people, you know, obviously, mum and dad put a lot of effort into me bringing me. I went to Durham Academy when I was 12, 13, 14, and and brought me up to Edinburgh to MES, you know, the dreaded hall and the amount of hours we spent in there over the years, and and they put a lot of effort in, you know, taking me X, Y, and Z. And I think for me, you know, I, I was playing for Scotland under 13s um, when I was 11, and 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 got the Scotland under 15s when I was 11, 12, and I remember scoring runs at Ampleforth and. Um, you know, going down and, and, and playing at Merkiston, like you said. And I think that was the chat. You could see that, obviously, I was standing out at that young age. But the South only went to under 15. So I had to move into the East when I was, you know, up under 18s. And I suppose that, you know, it, that's a challenge for a lot of you know, young cricketers in the borders. You, you, you're not going to make it unless you make the move and, and, and come up to Edinburgh or, or change about. And a few boys have done that. So, um, so when did you join... Um did you leave Kelsey Cricket Club then at that point? Did you? Because I, I remember my memories of you were a Watsonians player to begin with. So when did you make the move to another club? I must be. I went to Pennycook actually. I was at university. I was at university and I went to Pennycook for one year because big Willie Morton. Uh, Willie was obviously a big part of my early career as well. Um, likewise, and, likewise, the late Willie Morton. It was really, really sad news to see. I, to see him depart, um, great, great man, great man, the boss, and he, he was like, you know, I was playing under 17s and 19s, and he was a coach, and and Willie's like, you know, listen, Ryan, if you want to push on your cricket career, maybe you should come and you know join Pennycook. I played Pennycook for a season, and to be honest, mate, I didn't score any runs. I, I found it difficult, challenge, different wickets, and and I'm sort of you know at that time in my career where I was probably just a bit you know too flashy with it with the bat, and and I think I moved to it, it was it was Drummle. After a tour, so he said to me, um, John was always, you know, future went on to be my captain. He said, Ryan, come play at Watson. So I must have been um, probably 19, mate, 19, sort of ish, 20 when I came up to Watson. 
nice, nice. Probably a wise move, I would say, in regards to the fact that you kind of went on to achieve higher honours. You might have struggled at Pennycook. Um, it's always harder when you come from a from a smaller club. I mean, being from the West, there's, there's so many good cricketers that I think have probably slipped through the wayside. I, I can think of a couple of names that were getting discussed the other night on Twitter after we, we put out our West team was players like Ali, Ali Rawlinson, who yeah. played for Trapelia. Um, probably didn't, you know, didn't go further because of maybe the club he was playing for. Even though Trapelia is quite a, a well, well-known well club, it, you know, it tends to always be, you know, your Clydesdales, um, your Grange, um, there's some good banter coming out in the next uh, the next one. We, we fairly we fairly get stuck into the Stag Park boys. Um, yeah, I still kind of get my head around how you and Neil McCallum fit in there. People people just get jealous of success, mate. You know, uh, but, I mean, do they understand you down there, Flash? No, actually, it wasn't until I went to Australia when I was 19. I went to Sydney and I had to learn to speak slower, shaky, because you know me and you in the same room in a pub. We used yeah. to start looking at women, didn't we? Because yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so well, like, yeah, being a Ouija, yeah, I totally understand. I, I, the same thing can happen for me when I was working down south because, um, you know, you'll phone somebody up, you know, can I speak to such and such? And I found, my, I found myself, somebody actually asked me one day, are you, are you, I said I was from Scotland. He said, oh, you don't sound like you're from Scotland because you don't even realise how much you change, how you talk. You're like, hi, how you doing? Nice to talk to you. <laughs> and you can really, you, you lose all that, you lose all that twang, but yeah. we don't have that problem today. I can understand Kelsey and you can understand Ouija, so we're, we're all good. So yeah, so Watsonians, you had some good years, that's when I kind of started to come, that's when I started to come across your planners. Mm-hmm. Um, and what the what stands out for me with you was, you know, you had the ability to, to do things, you didn't do things very much, you weren't a mechanical player. My biggest frustration is when I see people that come out and bat and they're really mechanical. Mm-hmm. And maybe that comes back to the drills that you've just talked about there and your youth and stuff that you had the ability to flick the ball off your legs, mm-hmm. use your wrists, um, which is very, very Asian. It's a very kind of subcontinent kind of, of skill. Um, you know, do you think that was from your from your childhood and when you were practicing? That you, is that something, or did that come from watching certain players on the TV when you were growing up? I think it just, um, dad obviously just coached me to come naturally, mate, you know, playing, played up. dad was always a big believer in if, if a bowler bowls you a bad ball in your legs, you've got to hit it for four. Um, and you know, for, I think I just picked it up over the years, and I think you're you're right. For me, I remember uh, Phil. Remember, remember Huddle, Phil Hudson. Yeah, Huddle? yeah. And, and there's another guy, um, Gordon Lord, Lordy. He was a coach, and he said to me, Ryan, you know, you've got the fastest hand since Owen Morgan. And I sort of laughed at him when he said that. But it, it, even even better would say that. You know, I had quick hands, mate, and you know, I was you know, I would just I try I try to play. Uh, to be honest, you know, when I was first coming to the Watsons team, before I went to Adelaide, you know, when I was maybe 21, 22, I'd be more of a, a batsman who'd be known to try and grind out a 50 or 60, do you know what I mean? And try and you know, score runs and bat longer. And, and you know, it wasn't until later on in my career that I actually started to believe in myself a, a lot more and, and, and take the batsman on and, and, and my time and, you know, hitting the ball for six quite easily. That was something that came later in my game. But I, I, again, that might have been a... A mindset thing, Carl, uh, as well. You know, it's weird how different coaches can change your your outlook as well. Oh, fantastic, mate! I want to jump now straight. I want to just jump right into the 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 time from when we knew each other, because that's um, you know you've given me a good insight into your upbringing. It was very interesting to hear about your uncle. I had no idea, to be honest. Um, so I, it makes perfect sense. Similar to myself, my dad's brother played for Pakistan um, back in the like sixties. Yeah. So again. Getting taken over to Pakistan as a two or three year old, there's nothing else to do. Just like all the kids here are kicking a ball around. Yeah. Everywhere you look, they're playing cricket. So again, I, my my story is probably similar to yours. I was born with a pair of pads on. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Okay. So first time I met you, Flanners, I'm pretty sure it was Nottinghamshire. Right. We were playing. Um, uh, now people, I think, sometimes forget about this. I, I personally think we should be given a lot more credit for those couple of seasons that we all played, because I think it paved the way for a lot of good cricketers to come through. Mm-hmm. Now you've got the odd games in the development 11 that go down and play against Mickey Mouse teams, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. If you remember right back then, we were playing second 11, county championship. And just to start with, on your first game against Nottinghamshire, I can name a few players that played in that game for Notts. Alex Hales. Yeah. Andre Adams of New Zealand. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Harris, the opening bowler, who opened the bowling for Nottinghamshire, first yeah. team for many years. Yeah. Um, Bilal Shafayat, who I'm actually going to be doing a, a show with in the next couple of days because we played together in Pakistan as well. Yeah. Um, that's just to name a few few players. Um, I remember you'd, uh, we turned up, um, had the toss, and they'd elected to bat. And, you know, we went out to went out to field. And my first funny memory of that innings was we brought I brought Willie Rowan on first change the ball. <laughs> and Alex Hill was hitting for like, I think, two sixes in the first over, over mid-wicket. <laughs> and I've walked, I've walked, I was, I was, I'd left slip to go to mid-off, young lad bowling his first time in this level. And I, I went to mid-off and I was like, Willie, yeah, like just, just look to hit it, and he's like, he just turned around and me, going, what, the, what the fuck's he doing, Shaky? <laughs> it's a fucking three-day game. <laughs> and I'm like, welcome to playing for Scotland in the big time, mate. Mm-hmm. Nobody plays against us like it's a three-day game. They play against us like it's a 2020. So you need to get used to it, and you need to figure this out pretty quickly. Um, so that was that was that was my initial memory, and, and you know, I think they probably hit us for the usual, probably hit us for a good 350, pushing four, pushing 400, and then we went out to bat. And it was Majid Hackett said to me, Majid has just always got knowledge. He just knows things that other people, don't, other people don't know. And he said to me that you could play a bit. And, you know, I was, it was a bit like when Hoggy came in. I had the same chat with Hoggy a few days back. I wasn't convinced. I thought, yeah, you know, you're a bit of a gobby wee shite. Could it, you know, you're swaggering about a little bit. And I thought, you know, this is just going to, it's going to probably go out here, get found out. Ball's going to be too quick for him. It's going to snick off. It's going to be another... Ah, he's good in club cricket, but he doesn't make the leapfrog. And, I, and I'll never forget it. First couple of overs from Harris. Now, Harris was probably bowling mid-80s mid at least, 85 to 86, I would say he was bowling that day. And you flicked them off your, flicked them off your legs. One, two, three, couple of boundaries off your legs. And I was like, loving it, man, sitting in the boundary line watching. So do you remember that? I do, mate. I, I, remember, I remember it. It was just like a whirlwind. You... you, you you come in and facing these boys and I'd watch that, you know, Harris on the telly and you, you listen to music, he was a good first-class cricketer, wasn't he? And you watched Andre Adams playing test match cricket for, for New Zealand and I think I think I got 30-odd or 40-odd, didn't I? I think you got 40, I think you got 40 and you actually, I think, give it, I think you gave it away. I think, I, you got your, I think you might have got yourself out when you probably could have gone on. But yeah. I think you were just, the adrenaline had taken over that day. It was mental. I just remember... You know, these boys running and charging the ball, and it was hitting the keeper's gloves. You know, three or four yards quickly. You're used to. You could hear it zipping past your your nose, and and I remember the buds that day. And, and like you say, it just went over in a flash. I remember thinking to myself, "Whoa, actually, I might be able to compete at this level." And that was the first time I actually got a wee sniff of it, and thinking, "You know, this is what you want to do." And what what a, what a difference that was. You know, what a difference that actually made to my career. Those two three seasons, mate. Uh, one thing, if you look back at, at, at my career. Uh, okay, I've scored a few hundreds in, in club cricket, but not as many as I should have. No way. You know, I've been one of those players like flashing the pan 30, 40, you know, getting out all the time. That's been the problem my whole career. But in the A-team stuff, you know, maybe not so much, maybe the year two or three, but I got 100 against Durham twos. Um, you know, I got I got 100 against Leicester twos, you know, and and a, and a few decent scores here. And, and that for me was... It's five, ten times better than any club cricket you're going to get in Scotland. But saying that, you know, when, when, even when you know when I first broke into the scene at Watson's, because you, and you'll know it well, Scotland you used to have some decent games. These three West teams and and, and the and Clydesdale versus Grange and and Watson's versus you know uh, are they or something like that. They were some decent pros. In the yeah, league, yeah, right? yeah, 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 definitely. That, I mean, that's something I've been yapping about for years that. They, sh- they, they should have just kept the Premier Division okay. and then regionalised the rest because yeah. the standard of cricket back then, like you say, the pros, the amateurs, yeah. every single team you played against had two or three Scotland internationalists. You know, you would turn up on a Saturday and you'd be thinking, game on here, like you know. And then the rivalry between the East and the West always added to the always was added it, to. Was it not Greg Williamson? Was it Greg Williamson played at Clydesdale? He, he, you know, he, he would give it a, a proper, he'd give you plenty verbal and you felt like in a real battle at Clydesdale when you came to play. And that's what really, you know, that, that was sort of set me up for cricket. You know, I was, I was before I was in the Scotland teams at Watson, you know, in these games against Clydesdale and they got West in Scotland, even like Colin de Gronholm, you know, he bowled a decent spell at me one day at, at West and, um, and Alan Wise played for the Greens that year and I was at Watson and he was charging in. And yeah, I think going back to the second stuff, my memory, um, you know, was obviously watching you bat as well, and 
and you could see that you'd obviously performed at the Scot, you know, highest level for Scotland as well, and you could see that if you got in, you were going to score runs. That's what I thought, um, and I always wanted to try and get to that level when you know because you were good off, the, you were good at cutting the ball, you, you, you know, very good cover drive, and you know, we had some unbelievable, um, funny laughs, didn't we, playing for the A team? And I think the quickest guy I've ever faced still to this day, and I don't know if you were there, I think this might have been near the end. I, I remember Fraser Burnett hiding in the changing rooms like he usually does hide at six or seven because he didn't fancy the pace. Um, but it was Mark Foot at Bowen for Derby, Derby twos, mate. And he's the quickest boy I've ever seen. Lefty. He was. He, he, he runs in and he, he's got that slingy action. Yeah. And it, the ball comes from behind him. Yeah. He was going thunderbolts. It was yeah, he's rapid. Rapid. Uh, you know, you know, I faced him planners when he was fifteen. We were down on a, a an under nineteen tour. It was just before we went to the World Cup. I would only have been sixteen at the time. Moni was fifteen. We were two youngest in the team. We've gone down to have like a, a tour of like Staffordshire and a few other areas. Um and we played against Knots and he was fifteen and I'd never seen anything like it. Like you say, he just he doesn't fly in. It, but when he lets the ball go, it was like thunderbolts, man. And it was like, holy shit, this guy's rapid. So I, 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 I faced him, I think I faced him twice. And I, I, I would say he, he's, he's probably uh, he's up, he's up, he's up there. But I have faced a ball off Brett Lee and I faced a couple off Mitchell Johnson as well. So they maybe are just, just topped that pace. But foot it was, I'm surprised he didn't really go on actually to, to no. play for England because he had, he had all the ability. He bowled the red ball that day, shaking up, and even Barrow and, and Boys were, were struggling with the pace he had that day. And I'll never forget that spell. And I mean, Symesy, remember, I don't know if you remember, uh, Symes that came over and proed for Watsons. He played, he proed for the Scotland team as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember, I remember. Well, we went out on Edinburgh on the Sunday night and got absolutely hammered on the Sunday night, me hugging Symesy. Right. And, and Johnny was taking us down on the Monday. Yeah. Uh, for the Tuesday. So I was in the back of the, the people carrier, Johnny's driving. Hoggy's in the back, Symes in the front seat, and I'm sitting with it. the Morrison's bag spewing into the Morrison's bag. <laughs> I was so hungover. You know, I remember, I remember, I don't know, I know you could do, you, you would front up all right in a hangover, but Hoggy used to look like shit. He looked like, he looked like shit at the best of the time. But he would just come out with hair everywhere. No effort made to try and even show that, you know what, I'm all right. You know, no, just looking like shit. Uh, in Kenya, we know in Kenya or something like that. We know playing the Scotland team was hugging. Yeah, yeah, I scored a hundred in Kenya. Was he not being drunk? Was he not drunk there or something like that? He was. So he didn't play. So he got uh, there was what the day that we won the the I Cup game. Um, that was a story that that sticks to me is me and him were rooming, and he had a couple of he had a couple of babies, and I, I went back to the hotel room and I opened the, the the bathroom door to walk in, and he turned around, and he had a Gillette shaving foam and he just as, as, I, as I opened the door he just went ah, shaky and sprayed it literally all over my eyes I was actually I thought I was blind I didn't know much about I'm thinking Gillette shaving foam has this got something in it I couldn't see for about half an hour every time I tried to open my eyes it was just closing again so I'll, I'll, I'll never I'll never I'll never forget that but you know back to the back to the back to the Nottinghamshire game mm. another very funny story from that game that I will never ever forget uh, was second innings um, we'd gone out to, to bat and we were like five or six down and we were losing the match. We were going to lose. I'd, 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 I'd got, I'd, I'd few, I'd about, I got a few, I think I was on about 60. And Zeeshan came out to bat, we Yemen. And uh, he, came, he came out to bat and he, he faces up and Andre Adams is bowling. And uh, Bash is like backing away a little bit. And Adams puts it up there in the, in the kind of nice slot and Bash goes four. Andre Adams bowls him another one, Bash again. Cause Four, and I'll never forget Andre Adams just walked down the wicket and just looked at him and said to him, "You fucking do that again, man! I'm gonna ball at your fucking head." <laughs> Bash went white. <laughs> he, was like, he was like, "I remember walking down the wicket and going, you 'You're all right, Bash. Just keep your eye on the ball.'" And he was like, "He totally froze." <laughs> I never, I never forget that day because there was there were great moments like that where you know, remember his knock at Blackpool against Lancashire Twos, Lancashire Twos, but he hit. Tom Smith over extra for six. Oh, mate. That was just random. Sean Muratna smashed a couple in that game as well. The two of them, we were down and out, and the, and the both of them just creamed a couple around the park. But yeah, it was right. Bat, bash hitting over, hitting over extra six at Blackpool was was amazing. My other story of Blackpool involves yourself is when we went down a couple of years later and it got and it got rained off, uh -huh. and 
um, that, you know, we went out the night before in Blackpool. Um, I'll never forget, we were standing outside the chip shop, there was a bunch of Marines that we bumped into, and we were all being a bit mouthy, we were lucky we never got our heads kicked in. Noxie, I think you were telling me Noxie got a drink poured over him. Aye, Noxie, I'm pretty sure Noxie was giving it the old... Uh, yeah, he's doing that old shuffle thing. Old, <laughs> <laughs> but bumped, the, yeah, the next day, yeah. we jumped in my Volkswagen Golf. It's a fine day, people open Wendy's, <laughs> and it was me, you, Gaudi and Bash, and we, we, were going to go to, we were going to go to Old Trapper for an indoor net session. We're driving along the motorway and we were, all, we were just all talking crap. And I'll never forget there was a woman in a yellow BMW that was driving alongside us. Slightly older lady, but you know, she was quite a, quite a let's just say, a tidy older lady. Right. And you were in the back seat. <laughs> and all of a sudden you just mooned her out the back window and she was, she was loving it. She was like, what the hell? And that you were just like, are you doing? Are you doing? I'm running out of the back window. Great, great woman. That doesn't, great woman. that doesn't sound like me at all, mate. It doesn't sound like you at all. You would never, you, 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 you wouldn't think now, you know, a young professional, you know, a professional recruiter of a, a man of, um, yeah. of, of a calibre of yourself would ever do such a thing. But yeah, once upon a time, Vlanis, it, it did happen. Yeah. So yeah, moving moving on, something I want to really talk to you about that lives on in my memory of you is you were the master of making excuses when you got out and it used to really piss me off. Mm -hmm. I remember being at Sheffield Collegiate, great game of cricket down there as well, it was a draw. Um, you opened the bat with Noxie mm -hmm. and you... You were Omen and I, and you played the Mister, but I mean, they had a serious attack as well. Ajmo Shazad, South African, they had a guy Sanderson, they had um, Lee, they had Lawson, leg spinner, proper, proper attack. And you ran Noxie out from right. <laughs> so, you know, you weren't very popular, so Noxie's come in, smashed the changing room up. <laughs> and then you've come in, and you sat in the balcony, and I'll never forget, you were like, oh, oh, oh. These gloves, these gloves, they're not good, they're not good. I've got no grip on the gloves. And I remember just turning around and going, you know what? Shut the hell up. You're just making excuses. Why don't you just take it on the chin? You, you, you were not at the races. And you're like, no, I'm not shaky. No, I don't mean, no, 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 no. And I said, get some fucking new gloves in. <laughs> Do you remember I, that? I, 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 listen, you look back and as a batsman, you always try and find any excuse apart from yourself, don't you? You always blame someone else. Cricket, I remember facing Ben Stokes. Um, down uh, for, for Durham twos, and he uh, he kept hitting me an inside thigh. Do you know what I mean? Like keep screwing me up. Bang, next yeah. one. Bang, next one. Came down. Like, By the way, you're a useless twat, aren't you? Yeah. That's it. Kiss off the ugly ginger bastard. And the next one he comes in. Bang, hits me again. I think I got 35 of 108 balls, and you should have seen the size of the bruise on the inside of my leg. And I came off, and I said, Do you know what? Is that a side screen in there? Wasn't a side screen. There? <laughs> <laughs> Just little things like that. It just, just, that, it was poor, just something. It, it, but you, you know, it's. Um, I'm not going to deny that when I was younger as well. I definitely had a couple. I tried. I definitely always tried to be like a hard-nosed cricketer. That you know, if I snicked off or if I wasn't good enough on the day, I would take it on the chin. But there were definitely moments where um, I felt hard done by. More, I think, I pointed the finger at you know certain coaches at times. Um, one in particular that you know I, I, I took. You wrote an article about that coach. I did write an article about that coach, and that go down. I never ever played for Scotland again after that. So in hindsight, you know, I was it the best decision to have made? No, probably not. <laughs> but was I playing for Scotland at that time when I thought I should have still been very much in the frame? Mm -hmm. No, I wasn't. Maybe if I just kind of slipped under the radar, new coach comes in, I may well have come back into the frame. Probably by doing that, other coaches probably thought, "Do I touch him with a barge pole? He can—he—he's a troublemaker." And 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 really, I, I don't think I was a troublemaker. You played for me. You played under my captaincy. I I, I would I would always have my teammates back. I played for the team. Um, I was confident in my own ability, mm -hmm. but I was never somebody that would stab somebody in the back or you know, manipulate a situation. I was always straight up with people and, and, tell, and tell them how it was. But I, I want to talk to you about your experiences as well because not long after that, you then became a, a full uh, capped Scotland player. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I want to talk to you about your time playing in the national team. You know, who did you go in and you said, I think it was, was it Drummle was your captain when you first went in? Yeah, I think um, Drummle, Drummle was the captain um, for the, uh, the first couple of um, seasons I was in the team and uh, made my debut against India and I'll never forget Pete um, Steinle the night before the, the debut he sort of came up to me and he says, Ryan, he's like, you know, um, I, bet, I bet you think and you have done for a long time you should be getting this opportunity a lot quicker than that but I think he said something along the lines, but you're you're a prick, or you've been you've been a bit of a an idiot, or something like that, to me um, over the years, and you know it's taken longer, and I've made you wait for it. So that sort of you know quote and, and, and statement to to someone who's about to make their debut uh, against India was was a strange one. Um, did, it, did it piss me off? I suppose it did piss me off a little bit. But I remember going out um, to play India that day at, at Titwood and. And I think I, I, I end up, I smashed 22 or 26 and, I, and then I left a straight one. <laughs> and I caught off stump, top, uh, toppled out the ground. And again, they, these boys were on a tick with wicket. They were going pretty sharp that day. And I think it was a quite a memorable day for me. You were there, because I don't know if you played or not. Yeah, no, I, didn't, I didn't play. That was when I was already kind of, I wasn't quite, I was ready. If you actually look at the picture of Flannis that, that got put up the other day, oh, you're there. It, it, it's written all over my face. How I, feel, how, how I feel about the whole situation because I was already... I'm coming in the team, no doubt. <laughs> well, that, you know, something, a similar, similar kind of situation. I went to South Africa for the World Cup qualifiers mm. um, where we did qualify for the World Cup. And what will live on in my memory is every single time Pete Steinle came to my door to knock on my door to let me know that I wasn't playing the next day. And he used to say to me, it's better to be here then not be here, and I used to just, and I remember it was about four weeks into the tour, we've got about two weeks left, the batters were doing shit, you know, I should have probably had, a, I probably should have had a go by then, I'd done well in the warm-up games, I'd been selected off the back of what I did in Pakistan, mm-hmm. um, and he came to my room, and then he, he said that same statement, and I, that was probably the final nails starting to go in my coffin there, where I just turned around, and I just said, listen, I couldn't give a flying what do you think about that? You were a drinks carrier. I'm not a drinks carrier. I want to play. So you're trying to make me feel better by telling me it's good to be here. I'm pretty much depressed every single day. I sit in uh, uh, the likes of Kyle Kutzer and all these kind of guys. I room with Kyle for the six weeks. He used to call me the lizard because I would just... But looking back now, I was just depressed. Right. As much as I was in South Africa, you'd think, oh, amazing. I was there. I wanted to play. You know, go T20 World Cup. Went to the T20 World Cup. We were told in the in the warm-up games, if you perform, you'll play. doesn't matter if you're the right age or not, if, you, if you're a youngster or not, if you play. So I didn't play against Bangladesh and I played against Zimbabwe and I scored um, 36 off like 18 or 19 balls. I'd walked off and I had you and McIntyre, Maggie, a lot of these guys come up to me and going, you're going to play against Pakistan in the first game. Mm-hmm. I went home to the hotel, phoned all my family in Pakistan. I said, I'm going to be playing. To only get called out of the hotel room lobby the night before the game by Ryan Watson and Pete Steindl to say, you know, we've gone for experience. And I, and I kicked off and I was like, well, what have you brought me here for then? And they were like, you're here in a World Cup, you know, you should be. And I'm like, no, I'm not thankful. I want to play. That's what I'm, this Scotland mindset that I, I've always found has been there. Like you should feel, always just, yeah, you should feel privileged to play for your country, but you sh- you're, you're, you're there to play. You're not there to... To, to strive to carry drinks and, and keep everybody else, you know, hydrated. I certainly wasn't one of those guys. That's not what was what I was all about. So looking back, you know, and I, I think I think in Pete's way to be to be fair to Pete, I think that was probably his way of motivating you, but was the wrong way to do it. You know, I think he should have said, look, you know, you've you've worked bloody hard to get in here, and I know you've had a, a tough slog, but this is your time. Yeah. Take it by the scruff of the neck and go out there and now show everybody what you can do. Instead, he's called, you know, he's kind of made you almost feel, I think, they're like, oh, am I meant to be here? Or mm-hmm. should I feel bad that I've got, like, wrong, wrong message. I think it, was, it should have been more, a bit of a kick in your backside, but, but making you leave that thinking, yeah, I'm ready for this. I'm going to take this opportunity by, by the scruff of the neck. No, I think so. I think, and it was, you know, going back and don't get me wrong, I've done things that I probably regret, and, you know, whether it be, you know, given umpires, abuse or something like that, you know, down in my early 17, 18 and I sort of went in the wilderness for a while and obviously I came back and, and a lot to, th- I suppose Craig Wright's got a lot to thank for and, and Wrighty and me sort of 
fell out a little bit at the end of Watson's days, but he got me back on the radar and, and then moving into the Scotland team, you know, you're obviously excited, you're proud to be representing your country and, and, and I suppose a little statements like that. Pete, I think Pete struggled with, with people who have got a personality like me and you. He, he wants to see someone who just is, is the ultimate professional and, and doesn't say much and keeps himself to herself and, 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 and I think that's where, you know, we probably clashed with, with his uh, personality traits as well, um, which is, you know, I, I want to sit here and and uh, and slag him off. He gave me the opportunity to um, play international cricket. You know, likewise, he, likewise, uh, yeah. At the same time, at the same time that I'm, you know, I'm sure we could, we'll go into a bit more detail, but it, it, it might have been different with different coaches at the helm. Um, someone with a bit more batting prowess and, and skill set when it comes to batting. You know, I think. Michael Powell came in later on, and and, and I got yeah, he was, he was awesome. He was I got awesome. first hundred against Namibia, and um, and that was all down to his the way he, he talked to me about um, a, a, a mind, the mindset and a game plan, and and it just and sort of thinking and having a plan before it, and you know it was patience, and 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 he was he obviously played as a first class cricketer for Warwickshire for years, you know it, it, you sit up and and take note of, of people like that, and I think. Um, you didn't get that feeling with Pete um, from a batting point of view, um, and I think it was just he probably he was probably in the helm for too long, mate. I think you know, Scottish cricket was sort of petering away a little bit, wasn't it? Under under his under his influence, he's been in it for years, and um, but you know that that's cricket Scotland's problem for keeping him in the, in the job for so long. I think. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'm going to say this as well because it probably comes across like since I did that article. I mean, I never held any punches back in that article. Mm-hmm. I I said exactly how I felt, and I came out actually after that article. I met with Pete a year or so later, mm-hmm. and one of the things he requested of me was that he, you know you should clear the clear the air with the with the papers. And I did an apology article, which which is a heartfelt apology because Pete Steindl actually has a massive influence on my cricket. Pete Steindl was my under thirteen coach. Yeah, you know he, he's got yeah. a lovely family, um, lovely you know two two lovely daughters. I know I know his, I know his wife. Um, well as well Pete you know I had some great times with Pete you know there were some great memories with Pete I yeah. think where I got frustrated was when I tried to communicate with him and say look you know you've got an 18 game getting played down the road in, in, in Leeds next week I'm living in Sheffield I'm available mm-hmm. and I was told you're not quite in the mix right now and I'm thinking I'm not quite in the mix I've scored more bloody 1800s than any batter in Scotland you know together how, how are you going to tell me I'm not in the mix now that might come across as arrogant or proud, but but no, because I mean you played you played that 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 time as well. I was probably the main the main run scorer in the second eleven championship for those couple of seasons, and I was leading the team, so I didn't think I had too much to prove. And I was I'm not going to bring up names, but I was put up against names that I wasn't. I was mm-hmm. thinking they're, 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 I'm not I'm not in comparison with those type of players. Mm-hmm. And I got off the phone, and I really got emotional. In hindsight, I wish I hadn't done the article. I really mm-hmm. do. Um, but what I said in the article was, I still stand, but I feel it was true that, you know, you look at Ireland, Adrian Birrell, look at the success they had in the World Cup. Yeah. Phil Simmons then took over the hill. Look at the success they had under Phil Simmons. Yeah. You know, it shows he brought in, and these guys that he coached and brought through, the Potterfields, the Morgans, the Sterlings, the O'Briens, these guys, that play, we played against them head to head. Yeah. All the way through junior cricket, I never felt these guys were any more, um, any, any superior to us. We beat them on our day; they could beat us on their day. I just think they had, they had the, the better influencers of coaches. And Adrian Biddle, actually, when Pete first got the job, I don't know if you remember this, he acted as like a, a backup coach. Right. And that I think that was everything that was wrong with the whole thing. You can't have a national team coach coming in to get, kind of. To be the national team coach, you need to be ready to take that job, and you need to be like, "This is me. I'm, I'm going to run. I'm going to run this ship." But my memories of that time were more Adrian Birrell and the influence he had on my cricket because he was just about your mindset. You just back yourself. If you know what you're capable of, don't worry about all this technical. Your foot didn't go out to that ball. You didn't go to that one. Watch the ball. Be strong-minded, and you will you will achieve what you what you want to achieve. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. Um, I, I, listen, I'll, I'll back up your, your statement there as well because you know, don't get me wrong. You know, a couple of first class hundred, a couple of first class fifties, and I got to play at some brilliant grounds. 
uh, up and down um, the UK and a lot of test venues and, and, and Pete gave me that opportunity and to Absolutely. be fair, you know, and, and, and I, I'll probably let myself down because in the day, it's up to us, isn't it? We, we're the people that score runs, you know, we're the people who went out there with the bat and or we're the, th- the people who do the fitness or the, or the training away from it as well. So, um, of course, you know, you, a little bit of different motivation, different mindset, things might have been different, but ultimately it was, it's up to us. So, you know, I, listen, I think things might have been different with Pete. I, I agree with a lot of things that Pete uh, did. No, I didn't. Um, and selections made, but that, that, that's just us. And, you know, I'm not going to be bitter about that. That's no, sure. no. I think, I think uh, if I'm honest with myself as well, I let myself down in some of the areas that Pete wanted me to, to do better in. I mean, I'll never forget, Pete was actually one of the main reasons I got a contract. Yeah. Um, and I got married, first marriage, and I went to Thailand. And I came back fat and unfit, <laughs> and uh, went through the first couple of you know first couple of training sessions, and I was not at the races and stuff like that. Really pissed Pete off yeah. um, because he was somebody that you know wanted you to be at the peak of your fitness, wanted yeah. you to be ticking all of those boxes. So in a lot of ways, Pete Steindl had a lot of the you know he had a good ethos of, of what he wanted cricketers to be like. But when it came to batting, mm-hmm. just sheer batting. I found it hard to kind of respect them because I might be wrong, but I always just react better to somebody who I know. Like Andy Moles was somebody that didn't actually get on with a lot of the Scotland players. Mm-hmm. In fact, in fact, player player power pushed Andy Moles out. But Andy Moles is a guy that I, I was that brought me into the national team um, yeah. and was basically just had that just had the right mindset for me. Just worked for me. He never got too technical with me. He would just be like. You know, if you're stuck at the crease and you can't get a single away, just figure out how to get a single. Mm-hmm. If there's just a nerdle one here or nerdle one there, just get not too complicated. It's nice and simple. And that worked well for me because I think when you go out to bat at the level that we both went out and bat to that, you can't be too technical. The game will just pass you by and you won't even know it. You need to be you need to know your game and your mind and you need to have a strong mindset and it just it just flows like that day in Nottinghamshire. You never ever have been out against that kind of level of bowling. No. But it just flowed. It just kind of, it just kind of clicked. So, mate, that's that's awesome. You achieved some great heights. First class hundred for your country against Namibia. First class fifties, eighteen hundreds. Why? What age were you, Ryan, when you were flying when you played your last game for Scotland? Twenty-five. I think it was twenty-five, twenty-six, mate. I think um, to be honest. And it was the time when all the English lads came in and they started qualifying to, to play for Scotland. And <clears throat> they brought boys in like Rob Taylor, who, who was useless as far as I'm concerned. Like Matt Mitchum was a good cricketer, a very good cricketer. Uh, Josh Davies was a decent cricketer. But, you know, some of the players they brought in that. And Pete was at the helm of this as well. He, he thought, oh, we'll bring in some English lads. We've got a, a Scottish um, second cousin or something. Aye, aye. I, mean, I remember going on tour um, to South Africa with, with Scotland team. And uh, we're in Pochestrum, and I was playing against Kolkata Knight Riders, and I was hitting these boys off my legs for six, hitting them straight down the ground for six. I was, cause I was timing the ball and probably playing better, the best cricket I've ever played at 25, 26. And I came away from that tour um, thinking to myself, God, I've got to go get a job and I'm starting some money here because these boys are coming in. Uh, contracts are, are, am I going to get a peanut contract, maybe 10 grand a year if I'm lucky? Do you know what I mean? So 25, 26, mate, I'm, I'm still hitting the ball better than ever. Um, still believe I'm better than a lot of the players in there. Yeah, you know, Competing with, you know, Freddie Coleman, very obviously a decent cricket again, but I believe I could probably outplay him as a batsman. Um, Cal McLeod was doing well and Cam's wanting to obviously do very well. But well, not back then. Not, not, not back then. Back then, you would never, ever, you would never have said... Callum McLeod's a better batter than Ryan Flanagan at that point. No, no, and and, and but he can can probably had something different than me, didn't he? He's got a he had a, a will to succeed. I think and just practice and practice and practice. Oh well, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the real arrogance about him as well. The way he would, the way he would kind of train and he just had a strut about him. I, I, I still surprises me. I never thought he was this good. I no. honestly didn't think he was this good. But what Callum McLeod's done is. Oh, it's phenomenal. Numbers, it's numbers, numbers don't lie now, do you know what I mean? But it's like, it's, it, yeah, for me, mate, 25, 26, you look at players like Neil McCallum was playing the Scotland team and Fraser Watts, they're 31, 32, and I just, that, that time changed for me and I made a decision, you know, do I want to play uh, part-time and do I want to get paid peanuts and do I want to be coached by Pete anymore? 
and it came to the point where I decided to go and, and start making some money. So yeah, it was it was a short lived maybe three or four what was it, twenty one debut, twenty five, maybe three or four years in and around the Scotland team, you know, playing eighteen cricket. It was great fun, but it was short lived. Yeah, it's it's um it's a real shame though. I mean, you you tell me many twenty five year olds that had a first class hundred under their belt for their country. Um, I can tell you that there wasn't many. Um, my, we're kind of, uh, we you know, we, I think we both appreciate what we've what we've been able to do in our life, but we probably have got a bit of a similar story. I never played for Scotland again after the age of twenty eight, mm-hmm. um, and that was at that point with people slag me off in club cricket all the time. I get rinsed for this, but you know what? I've got them. It's like Conor McGregor. Guess what? I back up. I had three first class hundreds under my belt, mm-hmm. one of which was in Pakistan. Two were back to back, one against Ireland and one in Kenya away. Both mm-hmm. both were very important innings that probably got us into going to play in the I Cup final. Mm-hmm. And I never even got to play in the I Cup final that year when I scored two. Is that against, is that in, uh, against Afghanistan? In the back? I think you might have played. In, did you? No, I was I was, uh, I was 12th man. 12th man, 12th man. I didn't even get. I didn't. Even, I wasn't even on the trip. So yeah. you know, okay, I'd gone out of form a little bit and I, I hadn't scored runs for a few games. But you know, if you scored a hundred. 200 in a competition to get into the final. You know, I would have liked to have given, be given the opportunity to have played in that final. I thought I merited it. But such such is life. You know, I, I, I look back now, and you're probably the same. We give thanks for the experiences um, that we have been able to have along the way and that we're able to talk about these kind of things now. Um, but I would. my next question I was going to come on to, you know, you, are you satisfied with your career? Um. It's a funny one, mate. It's for me. It's like I never want to, you know, live with a what if or what could have been. And, and everyone always just say, you know, like oh, how much talent and ability, you know, Flanagan has. And to be honest, at least at least I'll still be known as one of those wickets where people are happy when they get me out. Do you know what I mean? In club cricket, for me, that 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 still that still means a lot. And I think, yeah, hey, we've been brought up um, playing on better wickets and week in week out. Um, and, I, and I dedicated my, my, my you know, my hundred percent to cricket. I, I probably could have been playing county cricket. I definitely believe that. Um, but at the same time, yeah, w- w- was I big enough in my fitness? Or big enough in my fielding? Probably not, mate. So I think, yeah, listen, uh, no regrets. What, what's the point? You know, you I, love the ladies, Flanners. You love the ladies. Uh, you know, listen, there's nothing wrong with that, is there? We're <laughs> taking that from old man. Uh, but if you're around people like Gowdy and Berrington, you know, it's. Uh, it's difficult not to, isn't it? <laughs> no, it was. Um, we had we had a good bunch back then. The banter was uh, was was was, was top notch. Yeah, great group. group. I mean, yourself, That's two something. names, two names you've just named: Sean Wiraratna, Omar Hussain, Majid yeah. Haq. Um, I'm trying to think. Hoggy. Hoggy. Great, great bunch, and I think it was a good mix because by that point, like guys like myself, Ross Lines, Sean, we were a bit older, and then. You boys came in, but it wasn't a big difference in age, yeah. and we all still had some some really really good fans together. We're, we're a good we're a good A team, mate. We're some decent you know, decent squads. Um, we're some you know we played played some good cricket at that A team level, didn't we? We got a couple of decent results and beat Leicester, I think, and and we, we drew with Durham. We drew with Yorkshire that day. Uh, that that went down. Uh, we were nine down when Bash had to go in and defend the last two balls, but that was a serious Yorkshire team. I mean, yeah. they're they're, they're knocks I look at. They don't really get recognition, but they're knocks that I look back at that give me so much pride because they were proper. I mean, don't know if you played against Durham one year when they turned up for a second team game where their bowling attack was Graham Onions, Mitchell Clayden, Mark Davies, um, Paul Wiseman. That would be a championship attack um, on on on, on 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 any given championship match. And I don't think we got, I don't think we got enough credit for, for that, I was actually talking to Richie Berrington about it a, a while ago, mm-hmm. um, and he was saying that you know that period of time paved the way for a lot of, a lot of good good cricketers to come through, and, and you know it certainly helped his cricket because mm-hmm. when we first started in it, we got bullied a bit. This is just this would have been before you came in the season before yeah. when Dren, Dreno was the coach, um, and we got bullied a little bit by a few of the a few of the county teams, and we just started to get better each game. Started to just think we can do better than this. We can do better than this um, until that we got to the point where we beat Lancashire that year and a great, great game. Some great, you know, fantastic game of cricket. We then went on to play great games like you're saying, beating Leicester. You played in a game where we drew it against Yorkshire down at Collegiate, 
and yeah. you used to come away from those games feeling like and and a bit like yourself i've always always been gutted that i never made a county a county career because if i was for a scotland batter to make hundreds against these guys i always used to get feel frustrated when i used to see a, a trialist that would come out you'd always know the trialist when you'd come out to bat and he'd just be like not of the races and then you'd think when you went out and got runs against their attack you know, just to scratch my head and wonder, you know, why, why are we not quite, why, why are we not getting a, getting mm-hmm. a look in? But I think it had a lot to do with money. The money in the game back then was was not exactly blood mm-hmm. in the game, to be honest. It wasn't, wasn't that much. If they, if, especially if they had a couple of big overseas players, that took up most of the, most of the, most of the, the budget. Yeah, yeah. No, but hey, listen, Andy Tennant and Tenors was a big part of my career as well. Do you know what I mean? Ten, I was. Tenor's love child, wasn't it? He looked after me. Well, you, uh, tenors, you were Tenor's love child. That, that was a chat. Um, if you turned up later, then it was always, OK, Ryan, it's OK. Ryan. Tenor, <laughs> tenors loved you. If, if Tenor's had been the Scotland national coach, you would have played for 15 years, mate. I still be playing now, mate. What are you about? <laughs> you still, you still, you still be playing now, exactly. And for probably another four or five years. No, Andy, Andy, Andy was a good man. I think Andy was a... Andy knew how to deal with people. Exactly. He's a good yeah, he knew, how to, he knew how to deal with people. He knew how to have conversations. Technically, you know, um, I, I, I believe he was a decent spinner, but obviously from a batsman point of view, Tenors, was, he wouldn't have a clue, but uh, he was a great guy. No, good, good guy, Tenors. Good guy. And that, we had a good few 18, 18 Euros under him. Um, he was good on tour as well because he had a bit of banter about him. So you could have a laugh with Tenors. It wasn't like, oh, there's a coach, you know, let's, let's avoid him at all costs. Nice. Um, there's another funny. Another, brings me to another funny story. Holland, remember that night? <laughs> Maybe the night that we we went decided all to go to Amsterdam. Oh, for goodness' sake! I and uh, it was like an hour, an hour and a quarter taxi journey. Was that the time when I had to pay everyone's taxi fare? Yeah, and, and the taxi driver was like, "Oh, Flanners, one more story we need to talk about. We might get." We might have the Dutch authorities coming looking for us after this one. It was a night out that um, me, you, Richie Berrington, and Zeeshan Bashir had in Deventer, Holland. This can be kind of one of our, our parting, parting stories. You've got a better memory than me, by the way. I'll just add that. Well, you'll remember this, son, when it gets started. <laughs> so we'd gone out and we were in, uh, in Deventer and we spent all our money. <laughs> Literally, we, we spent all our money. And there was no public transport of any means, so we had to get a taxi. Aye. So we'd all discussed it. We said, right, we're going to get a taxi, and we're going to have to Bail. park about a mile away from the hotel, and we need to run. So me and Rich, I remember I was in the front seat. Richie was in the back left. Bash was in the middle. You were back right. We talked about it all the way to get in the taxi. Like it was like, listen, when we say go, you've sure. got to go. And you boys were like, you were like, I'm down, I'm ready, I'll just, I'll, I'll be gone, I'll be out, I'll be out of there. So driving the taxi, driving the taxi, the heart rate's going a bit like that. You're trying to stay calm and act normal because you don't want the taxi driver to know that we've got any money, but we need to get home. Our bus was leaving the next morning at like eight, half eight in the morning. No. So we pulled up and. I remember opening my cup, my, my side of the door, Richie opened his, and I said, go! And me and Richie were gone, mate. We were gone. I, all I could remember was hearing my footsteps hitting the pavement because I was running that fast. But for some reason, I'd never get my head around it. You can talk me through the rest from that moment if you remember now. Why didn't you run? Did yeah. you, you and Bash just froze. This guy <laughs> jumped out. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I was in the middle and Bash was on the left, mate. Maybe still, okay. So Bash didn't move. I think I went to go left and Bash was just there. He just wasn't moving. And by the time we opened the door, the guy was around the front, no, 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 you've gone nowhere. You Closed know. the door. He had, had us by the throats and everything. And, uh, and then I, you fought. We, we got back to the hotel and we were like, where the, where the hell are they? Honestly, and then, then you phoned us. Bash phoned us and said, listen, I'm, me... The guys threatened to take us to the police station and we were like, <laughs> why didn't you run? And, and you were like, oh, oh look, look, we're going to pay him. So you basically, I think, begged him and said, please don't take us to the police station. Take us to a bank machine and somehow we're going to get money and we're going to, we're going to pay you. Um, which actually, that, coming back to that, Bash did have money on him. So that might be good. He, he could, it's a, 
I think it might. Who knows what was the story behind it? Somebody has been a tight get. We'd, we'd spent the cash that we had. The euros were out, but we could have went. I don't know what the story was, but we've got a, we've got a few, got a few stories from Amsterdam and and these tours, like the, the crazy taxi drivers rallying about the place. And were you in the taxi on the way there as well when we got the rally? Oh my god! We was got in Robert, the Mer- was the uh, piano bar? Where was the piano bar again? Was that in? Rotterdam or something like that. Yeah, right. something that's that's what I was on the waterfront. That was that was yeah. mental that place. Oh. But the da- the guy that took us in the taxi that night, he was mental. I thought we were going to die, and he was like, take, he was he was actually he was, was cheating What do you call it? Drift, he was drifting round the roundabouts. Oh my god! You know what? That's the thing about cricket, though, is and 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 that's why you know you know I started saying to myself last year I want to give up and start playing golf and all that. But you miss the camaraderie and the nights out we had and. And the you know and the, and the drinks and that's the whole part of cricket is social life, isn't it? It's just it's it's uh, it, it, yeah. Some of the memories I've got, are, you look back and think, geez, um, you know, I was involved in the the a few things over the years and uh, pranks and Richie Berrington's the biggest pranks they ever meet, and you always try to follow suit. So it was uh, there was some uh, some cracking times. Great, no, great, 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 great times. Um, Vera, you know, even the travelling down. All oh. getting together in the, in the in the car, and then you get to the service station, and somebody's you know getting scanted going out to the service station, or you know you get down and, and the pranks were that you know Berrington man he was he, he was unreal. I, I probably wasn't too far behind him in some of the shit that I'd done. Some of the stuff I actually look back and think, man, that wasn't very nice. What I did, oh, I know. you know, you know some of the stuff that you do, but back then it was just you know there was nothing else to do. You're in the hotel, you just. 14 young lads all together and just, you know, and then you had the likes of Simon Smith and Gregor Maiden who just wanted to read a book and sit and it was like, you know, you know they, they were like the sensible ones, um, but we were, we were everything, we were everything, everything that, that, that wasn't sensible. We got up to, got up to a lot, a lot of shit. I want to finish, mate, with some, with some quick questions. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing that I want you to think too long about, just want you to just answer okay. naturally. So, who was your favourite national team, mate? Um, Barrow. Richie Berrington. Oh, it was close. Barrow and uh, Hoggy, definitely very close. Very close with both of them. Both both top lads. Yeah. Who was the best player you played with in the Scotland national team? Scottish player. Yeah. Kyle. Good sir. Different class. One of the best. One of the best players. I think I've that. Played. I think that yeah. knock against um, Bangladesh. I'm, I'm I'm due to speak to him tomorrow, um, and I'm going to be. Getting really excited about talking to him about that knock because I was in Pakistan when I was in Pakistan watching that knock and I've never seen a Scott apart from now what Kyle McLeod's just done. Yeah. But to be honest, Kyle was doing that was a World Cup stage. That was no that was no kind of friendly international game. Not that um, Callum's knock will live on as I think they're probably two of the best knocks ever by two Scottish batsmen. Of course. But Kyle that day was just in a different different world. Kyle's just different class, you know, in the the amount of times I batted with Mother End and yeah, that high elbow, and he's a great guy. You know, he, he, he never see a, a Scottish cricketer hit the ball straight as Kyle he's, he's, he's phenomenal talent and great, great guy as well. No, fantastic, and uh, long may his success continue because the Scotland team has has gone has gone from strength to strength under under his leadership. And I'm looking forward to chatting to him a bit more about where it all kind of changed because up until my time, that click hadn't happened yet, where they now can go out and actually look like they're going to beat some of the big boys. I think they got away from that fear, didn't they, mate? I think it'd be interesting, actually. Hopefully, ask some probing questions with Kyle, and maybe he can let us know where it and how it changed. Was it a, was it a coach, or was it a mindset, or was it the way they trained? And we'd love to hear them because obviously they've had a lot more. Well, to see that, I remember in Wrighties era and when you were kicking about. Yeah, no, there's some good times, but I think internationally, internationally, Wrighties era was um, beating the counties. Scotland had um, come into the CB40 and stuff like that, or, or wasn't even CB40, it was like... They'd beat Ireland in that phase. Beat, oh yeah, Scotland was Scotland was probably the leading um, associate country at that point, by far. But we were never able to, at that point, make the transition into the to the test, playing against the test. Now, we're, now when they go in the park to play against the test-playing nation, you kind of believe that they... I mean, we, would, we should have beaten West Indies that day if it wasn't for the rain. Yeah. When Richie got out uh, LBW just before, you know, Duckworth Lewis cost us, we, we, I think we would have won that game. Yeah. Um, next question is, who's the worst bloke you've ever played with, apart from me? Sean Weir, Atna. Sean Weir. <laughs> <laughs> do you know, do you know I, I've, got to, I've got to say something here. 
I was talking to Ali Farouk the other day, and he <laughs> and he said he said to me that um, when we did my podcast with Hoggy the other day, he said I think he might have upset Sean by kind of saying that he was like a, an arrogant sod, and you know he'd always always remember he'd always be like, "Hey champ, get on with it, there champ," and all that kind of stuff. And you sometimes wanted to punch his face in, but actually, what I was actually trying to say was. Sean had a knack of getting under your skin, big time. But one of my, one of my, I love playing cricket with Sean. I think he was a great guy. He, he would never, what he, he would never do you wrong. He would do anything for you. Um, if you needed his help, he would do anything for you. He just happened to, to like to rub you up the wrong way, and oh, he, he, exactly. he, he, he was good at it. He was good at it because I mean I, I've had some run-ins with him on the pitch as well, and he, he really, he really was able to get under my skin. But I mean, if you're watching Sean. It's, it's, all, it's all love. It's planners that hate you. He kept, he kept getting me out, mate. That, that's the thing. And he, he, was, he was one of those people. You did, you know, I hate, I hated playing against him because he was, he was, he was good in his day, and, and he, he was competitive, wasn't he? And um, you know, I, I think there's a few blokes that I probably didn't enjoy playing cricket with. But to be fair, mate, there's a lot of people who don't like me as well. So I'm all good with that. Um, all good. I fall into just the same bracket, mate. So sometimes, you know. You know, people that everybody loves you, there's something wrong. Uh, exactly. There's something wrong because you, people, you, not everyone's going to love you. But yeah. I mean, the, the line of work that me and you are in, you've got to kind of have people loving you because I mean, I'm business development yeah. out there trying to, to get new, new, new contracts in. So you, people, I've got to be a lot nicer in this industry than I have to be when I was a cricketer. I, 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 there's a lot of people I don't like, but I, I can't really tell them that. Um, you're probably the same in the world of recruitment. There's times where you just really dislike a client, but you just got to say, "Lovely to see you." You know, wishing you all the best. Um, so that, that, it's amazing how the industry, sport, you can kind of speak your mind a bit more, but then you can kind of get stung by speaking your mind a bit too much as well. But in the the business world, you need to be kind of, you know, the upfront citizen. You know, nice, nice gentleman always. My next one would be, who's the best player you ever played against? Um, oh, it's a hard one. That actually, I, I, obviously, lucky enough to play with George Bailey, who's Bailey's Um, Alex Hale, I played against him. I played with him. Um, he was class in his day. Um, I remember playing against Sean Tate in uh, uh, over in uh, in Australia. But oh, he played a, so, so, against so many decent players, mate. Do you know what I mean? We played a lot of county uh, CB40 cricket as well. Um, you know, you come up against guys playing for Surrey, so it's hard to pinpoint it. I never really, I would never really got to play against like a, like a, a Ricky Ponting or, or or these sort of players. You know, I wasn't fortunate to do that, but came across a lot of good county cricketers, and I was very. So who's one player that you you played against? That you, you know, there's plenty of top players. Probably, probably Josh Butler actually. Josh Butler when he was 18, he um he came up. We're Scotland our 19s played England under. Uh, 18s, I think it was, and he came up and got 140 at Titwood. Um, and he was just insane from day one. I thought that guy's unbelievable, and look what he's went on to be. Phenomenal. Yeah, he's a freak, isn't he? Yeah. What I find, what I find mad about him is he just he's, he can hit the ball for six when he wants to hit the ball for six. I mean, yeah. I was good at getting a single when I needed to get a single, but I, I, hitting a six was something that bloody hell, man! I had to get down a wicket to the spinner, or you know, be sure that I was hitting it clean. But this guy can just. Just, I mean, I'm not yeah. even trying to say that I'm like comparing myself, but just talking as a cricketing mindset point, if you're hitting a six, is it's but in this in this day and age, guys are, well, guys are these guys, these guys are different, mate. I remember playing against Yorkshire Twos and Johnny Bearstow came out of that. Remember, as a young yeah, lad, yeah, yeah. First ball, he done, he reverse sweeped it for four. First yeah, ball, yeah. second game. What are you doing? Oh, what are you doing, mate? What, what's this boy doing? But yeah. look at him, he's unbelievable. So unbelievable. that just shows you that the, the talent in these guys are phenomenal. The confidence as well, I think. Their yeah. confidence is they feel they, they know their game that well that they've got the the arrogance to come out and reverse sweep the first ball. Would never, never a dreamed of doing something like that. You know, I've got to see the first five six balls, and the only way I'm getting a one away early is if you bowl me a half volley or something, and I'll go for you. Otherwise, I'm looking to see the ball first to come out and just think, right, I'm reverse sweeping that. Is uh, is yeah. is, is incredible. Madness. You know, my my highlight speaking of that, and it shows where Scottish cricket's at just now is Michael Lee com- coming out to bat against England mm-hmm. and he hit Wood for a six over long off first ball I've never seen anything like it from a Scottish cricketer 
And that just showed me that day that these boys are on a different mindset. You would go out back then to say, right, try and get, try and get in here, and yeah. you know, try and get. Let's try and get to, let's try and get to oh, two fifty here, boys. Yeah. Like Scotland went out that day with the intention to score three hundred and fifty plus, mm-hmm. and if a guy's coming in at number six or seven, seven, I think he came in and smokes the first ball over long off for six. That just showed everything you need to know of where where their mindset was that they discussed. Um, I sure. actually put a tweet out the other day about Grant Bradburn. I think he's got. I'm gutted I never played under him. Mm-hmm. He's got to take a lot of credit as well because it seemed to be that him and first Preston Momsen mm-hmm. formed quite a good partnership, and mm-hmm. then latterly him and Kyle Kutzer and the game in Scotland definitely definitely changed for the better. Yeah, definitely agree. Planners, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> Episode one is done and dusted. Let, uh, let, let's see where this all goes and. Might get you back on again one day if we. I might get like a a group group session and get some of the a couple of the other boys on, like you were saying, the Hoggies, the Richie Berrington, and we can go. Uh, we can slip down memory lane. But mm-hmm. hopefully, I will. Um, I'll be posting this. I don't know about all this editing nonsense and all that crap. I'm quite happy with the way, the way this is just free flowed. I might just chuck it out there, mate, and and, and, and let's and, and let, let let's see what the, let's see what the let's see what the people think. But I think. I think it's been an enjoyable chat and I appreciate your time. You take care of yourself. Good to catch up with you, mate, and I appreciate your time. All right, you take care. Take care, Flanners. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. Bye-bye.